0: we're doing it a little bit differently tonight I would ask please that you think of our sanctuary this evening for a little while as being a part of the great ancient tabernacle that the Israelites knew during their time of traveling through the desert wanderings or you think of it as being a part of the ancient temple of Solomon, or or of Herod. This is the best we could do to make it look like one of those places. You see, the Jews had a terrible fear of God. They believed that if they would see Him, touch Him, or come too close to Him, they would die. And the Jew, like us, was always afraid of death. They had a covenant with their God, with our God. It began, you know, back in ancient days with, with Abraham. God says, you Israelites shall be my people and I shall be your God. They had a, a covenant relationship The responsibility of God was to bless the people. The responsibility of the people in this covenant was to obey the law. And if they did not obey the law, the belief was the covenant was broken. Now you know how hard the law is to fulfill who has not broken it in thought, word, or deed how would the people reunite the covenant god introduced the great sacrificial system the jews believe as do we that life is in the blood and without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness of sin so under god's direction the tabernacle and then later the temple which was merely the tabernacle moved indoors. We had the great elaborate sacrificial system which we must understand or we don't understand the death on the cross. The temple, the tabernacle looked just like this. This up here is the holy place. It was separated from the people. And back behind here was what was known as the Holy of Holies. There, right in the middle, was the Ark of the Covenant, that box of acacia wood. Inside, three things, the budding rod of Aaron, a little bowl, golden bowl of manna, and the two tablets of stone upon which were written the Ten Commandments. Above the lid of the Ark of the Covenant were two big cherubim. (coughs) Their big wings met. Right below, on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, was known as the Mercy Seat. And there it was believed, God lived. Now remember, no Jew could see God without suffering death. The system was such that the Holy of Holies was separated from the holy place where only the priests could go, separated from the people by a big curtain symbolized by this which we used for our gates last Sunday. This is the curtain of the temple, and it separated the Holies of Holies so that no one would have to fear death by looking at God that hung from the ceiling clear to the floor sacrificial system went something like this the people would bring their sacrifices on most days the priest who was in charge and there was a priest who would serve for just a period of time and then there was the chief priest but whoever was the chief the priest for the day he would take the sacrifice from the people he would slaughter it here on the altar which was just before the holy of holies so you had such as passover as our jewish friends celebrated it last night and it just it just ended you know for them just a few minutes ago with sundown tonight the head of the household would come to the temple and early in the afternoon sometime after twelve noon on the eve day of the passover he would come into the temple and you could see him carrying a little lamb pure spotless without blemish never a bone had been broken in that little lamb and he'd stand in line until it was his turn and then the priests for that particular day and on passover days they always had more priests available They priest would take that lamb would ceremonially kill it by slitting its throat. The blood would pour out. It eventually would be splattered upon the altar. The carcass of now the dead little lamb was returned to the head of the household and he took it home and there with unleavened bread the bitter herbs, wine together with his family after sundown that night He would celebrate the Passover feast, which you remember commemorated that occasion in history when God sent the angel of death. And the Jews escaped only because God had told them to take a lamb, slaughter that lamb, take the blood, paint their doorposts and the lintel. And that night when the angel of death came over looking for the firstborn of the Egyptians the angel of death would know to pass over that house because the Son, the Son, was there of the blood of the Lamb, marking it as being present at that particular sacrifice. It was Passover time. But before we can get the full commemoration of it, we have to understand something about the Day of Atonement. For on the Day of Atonement was the great and high, mighty day of sacrifice. For on that day, not just the regular priest of the day, but the chief priest was the one who was in charge. He would come dressed all in his robes after spending ten days in the temple or in the tabernacle in preparation for the coming of the great day of atonement. Then he would come in and he would take his place here in the holy place and after lighting the candles as I have done tonight, trimming them, and having gone over and lighting and igniting the incense as I have done tonight, the great high priest would come out and he would take off his robes. There would be then a dressing for him in white linen. And then there would come in to the holy place a bullock which had been bought with the priest's own resources. And he would go over and he would put his hands on the head of that bullock and pray a prayer for himself and for his household that his sins and the sins of his household would be forgiven. And then, over here, two goats would be brought in. And before the two goats, goats there was a little urn. And in the urn, two particular ballots. On one was written, for Jehovah on the other for scapegoat. And the priest would reach in and pull out one of the tokens. He would place the one for Jehovah on the head of one goat. For scapegoat, he would place it on the head of the other scapegoat. And then he would come back over into the area where he would take the incense. And having taken the incense, and some coals from off the altar placing them in a censer he would go into the holy of holies unless he die, he stay not too long and he came out and then he went over to the bullock and he would slay that bullock by slitting its throat catching all of the blood in a basin. And the basin was continually moved so that the blood would not be congealed. And then when he had that blood, a second time, he would enter into the Holy of Holies. And seven times up, and seven times down, he would sprinkle that blood in the Holy of Holies. Unless he died, come out again quickly. Then he went over and he slew the goat known for Jehovah. And he took the blood of that particular animal and he went back into the Holy Holies and again he sprinkled seven times up, seven times down upon the Holy Holies' blood of that particular goat. And then he would mingle the goat blood with the bullock blood and put them together and seven times he would sprinkle that blood upon the altar and then placed the remaining blood at the foot of the altar to make sure the holy place in the tabernacle and later the temple was purified. And then he did a very unique thing. He went over and he placed both hands upon the head of the goat, labeled scapegoat. And there he prayed for the sins of the people. That God would forgive the sins of all the people, the sins known and the sins unknown. But he did not kill that goat. That goat was led down from the holy place. That goat was led down through the sanctuary of the people, out through the door. In the case of the tabernacle, outside the camp. In the case of the temple, outside the city. The people would be stationed along the way, they would try to grab at the fur of the goat, they would kick the goat, they would throw all types of rubbish at the goat, and that poor innocent goat was believed to bear the sins of all the people, all the sins that they had committed that year. And until the goat got out beyond where anyone lived, it was only then. That the goat tender would push that goat over the hill and it would die. And the belief was the sins of all the people were in that scapegoat, and the sins were gone forever. Now, when you understand that particular background, you have to understand that you realize the significance of what all went on. The chief priest then would kill the bullock and the goat that had already been killed and he would take the fat and put it upon the altar and that was the sacrifice. And then, for the fourth and last time, he would go back into the Holy of Holies. He would remove the incense. He would come out and place it back on the part of the lampstand where he received it. And then, after offering other sacrifices, trimming the lamps again, he went home. And he feasted with all of his friends because that day he had seen God and had lived. And the sins of himself, his family, his temple, his tabernacle, and his people were forgiven but only for one year and that ceremony had to be repeated year after year after year Jesus Christ died upon the cross on Good Friday and I do hope you come tomorrow night because To the best of our ability, we're going to explain to you from the Old Testament and New Testament how that happened and what it means to us. And if you miss that part, you're going to miss one of the most important dimensions of all the gospel. But Jesus died upon the cross on Good Friday. And we know that as he died upon the cross... This great curtain, downtown in the temple, which separated the Holy of Holies from the people, it says in the Bible that that gate, that particular curtain, was torn asunder from top to bottom. That particular curtain that had separated God from his people was torn in two and for the first time in history in history people were able to see God they saw him in Jesus Christ and with the great curtain of the temple torn in twain the message was once and for all that God no longer lived in this particular holy of holies but God lived On the cross. And on the cross is where God is in Jesus Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And with this death of Jesus Christ, the world had a new sacrifice, had a new covenant, had a new priest. Never again was there to be the old covenant of law, but there was to be the new covenant of love. No longer was God to be separated from his people. He was to be with his people forever. The new covenant pointed out not as did the old. The old was based upon what what man had to do to come to God. The new covenant was what God had done to come down to man. In the old covenant the people feared God as a judge in the new covenant people could love God as a father we had a new high priest in Jesus Christ and like the unlike the old priest who had to go into the temple year after year to go into the holy of holies to ask for the forgiveness of God the forgiveness of God was one forever. And when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, every sin that had committed or would be committed, your sin and my sin, it has been forgiven because of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus wanted never to forget his death upon the cross. Never, ever. And he had to do something because he knows what people are like. He had to help us to remember that we are people not of the old covenant, but of the new covenant. We are people who know the love of God. So what Jesus did the night before he knowing all things that were going to take place the next day in the middle of the Passover feast Jesus took bread he blessed it, he broke it and he said take, eat, this is my body our Lord took a cup of wine and he said this cup is the new cup in my blood. Drink ye all of it. Now listen. He said, as long well, as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come again. <coughs> How you eat the flesh of Jesus. How you drink the blood of Jesus. A man who lived 2,000 years ago. You see, we're no different than those Jews who couldn't understand in our scripture class what Jesus was talking about when he said, I am the bread of life. I am the blood of life. Whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup, I abide in him and he abides in me. very difficult to understand how we can feed upon the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus. The easiest way is, as some of our brothers do it in the Christian faith, they would have to believe that with words that are said by a minister like myself, saying the right formula, That bread and that cup literally turns into the very body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is take it in by the digestive system and you are taking in the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's just like, they say, getting a blood transfusion or taking an aspirin. It works no matter what you do. We don't believe that. It cannot be our mind, our common sense does not allow us to believe that a man who lived 2,000 years ago and who is at the right hand of God in heaven can be here in the flesh and the blood tonight. That he's here in his spirit and we can feed upon his flesh tonight. We can drink of his blood tonight. He can enter into us tonight and be one with Him and He with us. If, As He said, we remember. We remember. And tonight as we break the bread and we pour the cup, Christ enters you in. You remember. You see, our confidence is not in the substance. Our confidence is not in those little pieces of bread or in those little cups of juice. Our faith is in what they represent. They're only symbols. Our faith is not in those particular things as far as their essence is concerned, but for what they did. It's in the action. That's where our faith is. And if you sit here tonight and remember And what we do here tonight is a historical continuation. What we do here tonight was actually done by a person in an upper room, and people like you and me were fed with bread, not the same bread. They were given the cup, not the same cup. But, in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup, the action is the same. We are here tonight because this is a thing that happened. This is not an enigma of imagination of some great writer. This is not the clever ingenuity of some churchman who thought it would be nice to get it together. together. We are celebrating a fact. history. A historical fact. And when we remember that, that... Break the blood of Jesus, that he in us, and we When we take those little pieces of bread, and, that little symbolic cup of our hand, and we look at it, and we realize that Jesus Christ his body and portion, and his blood shed for me, for me, for me, for me, for me, for you, yeah. uh-huh. that's you, Beth. That that means you, God. broken for you. And when you realize this is Christ, we sacrifice, it's for you. You belong on that cross together with me, that he took it for us. We feed upon Christ. It's like reading a book. You know, you can have a book on your shelf at home and it can lie there for years, you don't know what's in it. But when you take that book down and when you read the lines, you text the story, you become a flame in your heart by the message. You know, you carry that thought around the next day and for a long time you tell other people about it. You see, that book literally has come into you. You have not eaten that book and you have not it. And those words become a part of you, those thoughts. Become a part of you when you realize God's word. The action is coming to you. You feed upon the flesh. You drink the blood. And when we sit here and remember that this great historical figure who died upon the cross died for you and me, he will come again. That's right. He'll come again. And whether we're here in this church or in our homes or in our office or in the grave, it will cause unruh, And when we believe that we shall be then taken to the marriage peace of the Lamb in the house of nations. then we are eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood Are in Him. So if you want to, f- if you want to drink His blood, Amen. Our Lord Jesus tonight, you He traded the bread, when He blessed it, He broke it and gave it to His disciples, saying, "This is My body, which is broken for you." This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When it stuck, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Bring me. all of it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he comes. So, Christian friends, I love you. Please, allow the King of Kings who came down on Christmas, the King who came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the King who is also the Lord of Life, please let him enter into you tonight to give you life tonight, and forevermore. Let us all pray. Father, help us to understand this great mystery. Please, with these tokens which you have chosen, help us through the action of the breaking of bread the pouring of the cup to know that we feed upon you and drink your blood and that you are in us and we in you. Amen.